So we continue to read from the sixth chapter of John's Gospel, the great discourse on the Eucharist. And today, I want to ask you three questions. This is going to be, you know, audience participation points here. Treasure in heaven is what you're gaining. We're going to test your knowledge of the scriptures. Because us Catholics are always accused of not knowing the scriptures that well. But not here at St. Joseph. We know them here. First question. You can just raise your hand, I'll call on you. According to Jesus' own words, why has he come? Wow, that was quick. Yeah, you. To help us. That's right, but that's not his own words. What did Jesus specifically say? He said, this is why I've come. I got all morning. I'll give you a hint. He said, I came that they might have life. See, y'all knew it. And have it in abundance. In abundance. Now, that took a minute and a half. There's still two more questions. It's your fault if it goes long. Second, according to Jesus' own words, is this abundant life available now? Yes, good. He said, he who believes in me has eternal life. Third question. What is eternal life according to Jesus' own words in John's Gospel? Okay, so here's your homework assignment. Go home this week and read John's Gospel. It's fascinating. Jesus says this. He says, and this is eternal life, that they should know you, Father, and Jesus, your Son, whom you have sent. There is abundant life available to you right now. That's why he came, so we would have abundant life. But the only way you get that abundant life is to know him and his father. The words that haunt me are words from the movie Braveheart. If you haven't seen it, you're a bad person. It's a great movie. Go watch it. But in there he says, there's this line, William Wallace, he says, All men die, but few men really live. And I find that so true. I don't see Christians in the modern day and age thriving with abundant life. Like I said last week, I said when I look out at parishes when I travel across the nation, the number one emotion I see is boredom. People look bored. They don't look like they have abundant life. I had a parishioner one time, he said, Father, we should really put a camera... Go Like, when you're coming into the church, it's a hidden camera, and you're going out of the church, it's a hidden camera. And then show that video the next day to all the people and say, if you looked like, if you saw a person that looked like this coming out of church, would you want to go? Why don't we have abundant life? I think 
I think it's because most people don't know him. <clears throat> I think most people, they, they want to know him. They know that what Jesus taught is true. And they know that if everybody lived according to those principles, we would have an abundantly filled life and a great society. But he's like a teacher, and that's it, just a teacher. And he's so much more than that. But you have to spend time with him in order to get to know him. That is part of the reason he left us the Eucharist. So that we could be with him whenever we wanted. And the more you're with somebody, the more you conform to them. It's a principle in psychology called shadowing. I did this with my brother. My brother would like, he would go and, you know, throw a rock at something. So I'd go and throw a rock at something. And then he would ride his bicycle and I'd want to ride my bicycle. And then he would swear and I would swear. And then I got in trouble. <clears throat> but it's shadow. You, you get in, it's almost as if you're like the shadow of the person. You begin to do things like them. Think like them. See like them. Love like them. Talk like them. And it's available to us every day. If you are not in the practice of regularly, that's a hard word, coming regularly to this church or any church and spending time with him in the Blessed Sacrament, if you are not in the practice of that, I beg you to start. And if you ask me why, I would say because it radically changes your life. And you'd say, how do you know that? And I would say, because it radically changed mine. <clears throat> I always tell people, kind of jokingly, I wasn't always a priest. I wasn't a good man. I made a lot of stupid decisions. I was an idiot. In fact, I still kind of am an idiot. But, but I'm a converted one. And I love the Lord. But something changed inside of me. When I began to spend time with him, something changed. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it. But there's a peace and a love and a simplicity of life that just enters into you. And you realize that's your all. That's your all. I've noticed lately, become wildly aware, just kind of keeps coming into my mind. In this world, all things die. And everything fades away eventually. Not only our bodies, but societies, empires, kingdoms. I remember walking around Rome in the Forum, which is the old glory of the empire. And there's nothing but stones there. And I remember thinking, if I would have been in first century Rome in this very spot, and I would have said to a Roman, in 500 years, Rome won't even exist they would have laughed at me. The Roman Empire was arguably the most powerful empire to ever exist. And yet it too is gone. It's gone. In fact, the longest standing institution in the West is what? Does anybody know? You can just raise your hand again. Yeah. No. <laughs> China's in the east. <laughs> in the west, the longest day in institution is the Catholic Church. <clears throat> it's still going. 2,000 years strong, still going. 
But because all things fade away and, and, and things die, and even the great kingdoms fade away, we need something more. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's good to have goals. But if those become your everything in this life, then something's wrong. Did you know I just read recently that gold medal Olympic athletes are the most unhappy of all athletes? Silver medal athletes are the second most unhappy of athletes. And bronze medal athletes are the most happy of all the athletes. Why? Because the gold medal is like, I did it, now what? I'm the best. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, like with the state championship, and it's the build up, build up, build up, and we won, and then the next day you're like, we won! It's over! I busted my butt all year, and this is, I got a trophy. And then in a month, nobody cares, and they hang a banner up. <clears throat> we do this with our, 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 our appearances, too. You know, I got to be fit. I got to be, I, there's so many diets going on right now. I remember my brother, a couple weeks ago, he sent me a text message of a picture when I was in high school, and I was working at my grandma's uh, up at her house and I was swinging an axe and I was ripped <laughs> not so anymore and I realized in that moment my brother put on the bottom of the text he said where is this man <laughs> and I realized that the best I've ever looked in my life and will ever look in my life was 15 years ago I ain't getting that back we do it with, with, with our health Gotta stay fit, gotta stay, it's got, it's, people turn it into a God. I went running with my buddies on our vacation this year, and I never run, and I hate running, but I was on vacation, they all went, so I figured I should. And then at the end, I got kind of excited, and I was like, hey, race to the end! And I took off, just sprinting, pulled my hamstring, <laughs> then started hobbling and rolled my ankle while I was hobbling. And as I laid on the ground in utter pain, I realized the best shape I was ever in was 15 years ago. It's good to have goals, but we have to have something that goes beyond this world. Otherwise, we will constantly be let down. It's not that our goals are too high. They're too low. That's the problem. You should all have goals. And for the record, you should try to stay fit and you should try to stay healthy. But we got to have a great goal that's above them all and governs them all. And it's right there. It's right there. And we know it. We feel it deep in our bones. It haunts us. Because as kingdoms and empires die and fade away, we must come to grips with the fact that we too are going to die and fade away. And then what? And then what? That's the what! And it can be available to you every single day. I have one last question for you. You don't have to answer it, don't worry. Just something to think about. If you can go to daily Mass 
or regularly come to the church to pray for 10 or 15 minutes daily, if you can do that and you don't, what does that say about your desire to fall in love with God? If you can, if you are able to come here or any church and pray for 10 or 15 minutes a day or to go to daily mass, if you're able to do that, you have the time and you don't, what does that tell you about your desire to love God? I'm telling you, if you go to daily mass, you spend 15 minutes a day in this church or any church in front of that blessed sacrament, and in six months, your life is not different, I'll pay you $1,000 of my own money. I don't have $1,000. That's how sure I am that it's real. J.R.R. Tolkien, the 19th century author who wrote The Lord of the Rings, said this. Out of the darkness of my life, so much frustrated, I put before you the one great thing to love on this earth, the Blessed Sacrament. There you will find glory and romance, and honor, fidelity, virtue, and the true way of all your loves on earth. And more than that, there you will find life. May we hunger for the Eucharist more than we hunger for life itself.